it's very true when Alicia Keys sang about uh, this line in the song of Empire State of Mind. There's, there's really, there's nothing you can't do in New York, and it's very much true. That, you know, whatever you want to do, whatever is your thing, you, you can find it in New York. So it, it, it's such an amazing city. I love it. It's one of my favourite places in the world. You're never really going to be disappointed. It's not ever something we've had a bother with. Is yeah. is finding some somewhere nice to eat in New York. You know, there's just so many good options. Uh, it's called Thai Villa, oh, and it was down yeah. round about 17th Street. This is episode 41 of the Travel Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Travel Podcast, where we will be visiting the Big Apple, the city that never sleeps, or Gotham. That's right, today we are heading to the magical sites of New York City. Today I'm very glad and happy and excited to be joined by my co-host Matthew. Hi Jules. Hello Matthew. And we've also got some New York specialists on here. So we have John Leonard from Get Set Go Travel. Good morning, John. Good morning, Jules. And we're also lucky to be joined by Lynn and Scott Fryery of Not Just Travel. Hello, guys. Hi Jules. Hi Jules. Brilliant. And so we're going to get right into this. So today we're going to be covering how to get there, the best and worst times of year to go, how to get around, the accommodation, uh, food, all the attractions, Broadway shows, entertainment, nightlife, shopping and other areas of interest. So it's going to be a full fun packed one today. So I'm going to start off with um, Lynn and Scott. How do we get to New York from the UK? So for ourselves, uh, we tend to recommend a direct flight from any sort of major uh, UK airport. So, you know, the main ones, you can fly direct from Glasgow and Edinburgh um, up in Scotland, where we are. Um, some of the flights can be um, seasonal, so we can recommend, you know, what suits best. You've got all your sort of major cities, London, uh, Manchester, Birmingham, etc. You can go in direct so for some people they may prefer to go via Dublin uh, with Aer Lingus that's a popular one because you can clear immigration in Dublin before you get to New York so once you get there grab your bags head into the city and you're good to go um, but certainly we would recommend if you can uh, pay a little extra to go direct particularly if it's just for a short break because it's going to maximise your time in the city you often even if you're on like a, a bit of a tighter budget sometimes that you can actually save a few pounds by going backwards to go forward so if you go via Amsterdam sometimes so a flight from UK to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to New York, it's actually a really good route and, again, saves you a lot of money. Um, likewise, another really popular way of getting there, we found for our customers, is also via Iceland. So Iceland there do some great flights. Um, you can obviously fly UK up to Iceland and then on to New York. And the really good thing about that is if you fancy it, you can incorporate a night or two in Iceland on your way there or on the way back as well. So that's another good option too. Yeah, that sounds great because you'd be fitting in some really different places there. That'd be a really interesting twin centre. For sure, yeah. It's, it's one we've done ourselves, it's the Iceland one. Um, beautiful place to go. Um, great sights to see there uh, to kind of warm you up on your way to, to heading on to the Big Apple. So, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's you know, you can make it a, a couple of days in one, three or four days in the other. So you can still have five days a week's holiday uh, getting to see two absolutely beautiful, fantastic places. So good bit of bang for your buck as well. Because the flights, especially the Iceland Air ones, you know, that's the price of the flight is generally pretty good. 
but you're also getting to go to a whole other city and a whole other country. So yeah, I mean, for a, for a bang for your buck point of view, it's it's pretty good. I definitely concur with the Scott and Lynn about um, going going via Dublin and having the um, the pre pre customs done in Dublin. It saves you a lot of time at the airports when you get to get to New York. Um, and I say airports, I there's there's two different airports you fly into when you go to New York. You've obviously got the the big one JFK, but I I prefer um, to fly into Newark because when you go to to Newark, you actually you got a little shuttle there to go to the station, Newark station, and if you are staying in the center of uh, Manhattan, you get the train right into, it's about a 25 minute train, right into Manhattan, you come out at Penn, Penn, Newark Penn Station, and you're there, you know, if your hotel's within a five minute walk, you then don't have to jump into another taxi and to get you to a hotel, so you can walk to your hotel. And it's only $12, $13 for a single trip, compared if you're coming from JFK, you, you get a taxi, $60, $70 in a taxi, um, you could get the A train, which that takes about an hour to go on the on the train, but you know if you can fly into Newark is the uh, a good alternative option to fly into JFK. Great tips there, guys! Fantastic. And also, so does it matter if you're going into JFK and out of Newark? Would that be a good option, or do you think stick to in and out of the same place? No, that's that's an, an option. It really depends on sort of the. Um, the time of day you get there as well. I mean, I, I, I try to say get there. I mean, I've been to London and JFK around about five o'clock in the evening and it's every man and his dog wants to, is landing at the same time. You've got obviously people traveling from work as well. And you can be in customs for an hour and a half, two hours. Whereas if you get a flight from the UK and you're getting in maybe two or three o'clock in the afternoon, and especially into Newark, which is a smaller airport, you find your transition from the time you get off your plane to the other side of the airport and time you put your bags up is a lot quicker, a lot you know easier. Brilliant, great tips. Now you can also, another way to get there would be on a cruise um, from the UK. We do have um, providers that will take you on a sort of, you can do five day, eight day, 10 day itineraries, um, but they will all get you over to New York. And that's just another option that you might want to consider if you're not that big a fan of flying. Now, I've always fancied going at Christmas, um, big fan of Home Alone. Um, but what would you guys, Lynn, we'll start with you, what would you say was the, be the best time to go? I would honestly say to anyone interested, there's I wouldn't say there's necessarily no bad time to go to New York. We have been at various times and I can concur that Christmas is magical and we did feel like we were literally in Home Alone too with the snow, the Christmas tree. It really is magical to see all the lights, you know, just standing in front of Rockefeller. I can feel goosebumps just thinking about it. You know, it really is. just makes you so emotional. Um, but we've been... April time, May time, June time, September, and they're all great times to go. I would say the height of the summer, probably June, July, August, is very warm. So for ourselves, we like to walk. And we know a lot of people, when we speak to customers, they want to walk, see the city, see the sights. So I would say probably maybe late September through into maybe early, late May are the best times. Um, and then from that, what experiences you know are our customers looking for? So like that, do they want the Christmas tree or do they want autumn? Do they want to see you know the fall foliage and enjoy you know down in Greenwich Soho you know 
a lot more chilled out, sort of really quiet, not quiet, but it's much more relaxed, laid back vibe. Um, or do they want to be there maybe at Easter where it's really busy, Times Square's absolutely buzzing. Um, so yeah, I would say that there's absolutely no bad time to go to the city. Yeah, the, the weather in New York is actually the reason to go back there multiple times. You know, we've, we've been many times and walking through Central Park in a foot of snow with, you know, big boots on and a jacket and a hat and a scarf is a very different experience to walking through in your shorts and T-shirt in June, you know, even being up like the um, One World Trade Centre, you know, and looking out across a, a snow-covered landscape as opposed to, you know, a bright blue sunny day. It, it's it's a very different city. Like Lynn said, there's very different vibes in the city depending on the time of year. And they're all fantastic in, the, in their own and they really do need to be experienced. So it's, it's that kind of place. You tend to speak to people who have been to New York and very few of them have only been once. You know, they've either been multiple times or they've been once and are already planning their second trip. And that tends to be the reason. It's just there's a kind of atmosphere in New York that's, almost electric, it kind of keep pulling you back. And I would always add uh, advice for people to do that at different times of year because it's such a different experience, uh, just depending on, on the time of year you go. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I would agree because I think that is exactly, you know, probably the two best times we've had. It's, you know, we've been in mid-May and, you know, the sun was splitting the skies. As Scott said, you're out in your shorts and your T-shirt, you're walking up the high line, you're seeing all the flowers and you just can't believe you're in the middle of a city and walking you know through this beautiful parkland right you know high above the streets of Manhattan and then as I say the extreme to that was as Scott mentioned Central Park in the snow it was just absolutely breathtaking. We, so, we lucked out on that trip though yeah. and it was like because we wanted the proper Christmas experience in New York and we got there and it was like super cold it was like minus 10 but there was no snow. It was just kind of frosty, and that was fine. And then we went out walking one morning. And all of a sudden, the kind of the skies were a bit grey, and the snow just started falling. And there was like a foot of snow fell in like the space of like half a day. It was crazy. We just had to go and buy like like snow boots. You know, I had like trainers with me or something like that. Um, and we went through Central Park, and it was I think when you'd said Home Alone too. That's exactly what it was like. You know, it was just a fantastic experience. So so good. Oh, brilliant! That sounds fantastic. But John, you mentioned that the, the A train is one way of getting around. And when I was doing my research, I found out that actually honking your horn is illegal in New York City, which I didn't get that from the films. They're always honking their horns. But apparently it's not illegal to be topless. So interesting fact there. That is very much true. And if, if you've ever been walking through Times Square and you see the, the cowboy there with his guitar and he's basically wearing his um, his little shorts. Uh, I say shorts, that's probably an overestimation. And you tend to see one or two, yes, topless people around. It's uh, Times Square, really a place that anything goes. And you could be walking along and you, it's almost like you're doing a double take. Did I really just see that? <laughs> yes, it is, it is fascinating. Um, yeah, I did mention the, the subways. Uh, we New York is a city that people say it's, it's a, it never sleeps, and never a, a true word spoken in jest. And talking about the subway system, it's uh, you can get around 24 hours a day on the subways. Uh, I say that until recently. Obviously, they they now have a system where they they um, they clean and cleanse some of the subways that go around. So that's a good news to to hear if you go into New York anytime soon. Um, 
And if you're walking, everybody looks at the map of Manhattan and you think you're going to have a go for a walk from one suburb to another. And before you realize, you, you've walked three or four miles and, 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 and as many hours and you stop here and there. And you do need to invest in a good pair of trainers because you, you can realize that you're, you're walking for half a day and, and you think, oh, I need a break. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a hell of a place because there's so much going on. There's a buzz there. Uh, you can go from one neighborhood to another, another without realizing it. It's a whole different experience. Another thing you can do as well is, um, and what I like to do is, you see it on the films, you, you want a taxi, you just go to the edge of the curb, you stick your arm out, and a taxi will come up and you just jump in a taxi. And uh, if you want a different experience, um, yeah, go for a taxi ride. But going back to the subways, uh, one of the concerns I get from people is, is it safe? You, you can't find it really. It's really safe. You know, and um, if, if you're looking at the map, what you'll find that the New Yorkers are, are very proud of their city. So if they see that you're struggling or you want some help, they'll come up and ask you where you're going and they'll give you some great advice how to get there. Oh, that's always handy. Some friendly, helpful locals. Yeah, I would totally agree with that, John. You know, I think people quite often say, you know, what what are New Yorkers like? And we found they have been so friendly. Um, as Scott said, we've been numerous times and I don't think we've ever had an encounter where we could say, you know, they were that sort of big brash sort of in your face sort of uh, imagination that people have. We've uh, had a, a night, what I think were the first times we were in New York. We ended up in a bar at Times Square. We were quite tired. As John said, you walk about so much. It's, it can be long days. But we ended up, we sat in this tonic bar, it's called. We've recommended it to quite a few uh, customers and they, they all agree it's a, a great bar. We literally sat down, got offered, you know, I think we I think wanted to order a glass of wine and a beer. And we ended up with a bucket of beer and a bottle of wine because the price was so amazing. And that was us till two o'clock in the morning singing karaoke with a group of American uh, I think, were they nurses, I think, at a conference. They were, was, they were um, from Cleveland. I think it was my birthday, if I remember right. And we got, they, they came over and started chatting to us. And it was one of their birthdays at midnight. So we kind of got together. It ended up being about four different kind of groups of people in. And we all kind of got together and almost had like a little birthday party for this girl and for me. And we were chatting away to the bar staff. One of the bar staff was Scottish and blah, blah, blah. And then midnight came and the bar staff came out with a birthday cake, you know, for like me and this girl. And it was everybody in the bar, a big party atmosphere. It was like, we were, we were that much away from going home. We just went in for a quick beer. Uh, this was about dinner time and we ended up having like one of the best nights out in New York with a big random group of strangers. But that's typical of New York. Very, very friendly. People will just come up and start chatting to you, other tourists, locals. Um, so, you know, it, it's that kind of place where you could nip off there on your own. You know, you could just, just decide to go for a weekend yourself and still have a great time, you know, meeting people and, and having fun. Definitely. It's, it's that type of place. Brilliant. So, yeah, lots of walking then as well to uh, to keep you fit and healthy on this fantastic uh, city break. Also seen there's a, a 
sorry, a hop on, hop off bus. Um, so you can see all the sites um, on, on one of those. Have you experienced that at all, John? I have, yeah. Um, there's a couple of lines. Um, obviously, they, they tend to be based around Times Square. So you can get, I think, from memory, the blue line, which goes up north towards the Bronx uh, and the north end of uh, Central Park. Or you can probably jump on the, the red line, which is more popular because that takes you down through um, the south of Manhattan all around um, sort of Greenwich Village. And it takes you to um, where you actually go and get the ferry to Staten Island as well. And it takes you to the east sort of side, um, the East River, where you can go and jump off at the South Street Seaport, which is a nice uh, time to spend a bit of a few hours. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really great. Um, the thing to do and of course you can just do it I get a day's ticket or you can go for a, a 48 hour ticket as well which is a slightly more um, better for, you know easy on the pocket but it's um, probably takes about two days to, to get around every place that you want to do uh, or have on your bucket list so it's a, a nice option oh that sounds fantastic great option there and I guess you see everything while you're because you're at street level anyway so you'll see all the sites that's brilliant yeah. And another treat, so for a special occasion, you can get a helicopter as well, I believe. So that would be super fancy. I've only done this in Vegas, but I believe the uh, the experience would be very similar in New York, maybe a few less or maybe even more lights. Um, but uh, definitely another option there. I, th I think so. It, it's it's definitely um, a, a, an option to do. Um, you can you, they tend the the heliports tend to be sort of on the Hudson River side, so you can go up there, and it, it's nice to sort of go up maybe just about dusk dusk time, so around about sort of half past six, seven o'clock in the evening. Yeah, you know, you've about half an hour, forty minutes, and you can just see the transition from. The the, the 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 daylight the, the buzz of of people going home from work and then all the lights come up and and then it's an amazing view and the helicopters will take you from the Hudson River down past through the Statue of Liberty and around there and they'll take you down to the East River and uh, you'll see sort of on the left hand side you'll see old Brooklyn with all the lights and then uh, so on the right hand side you'll see Brooklyn the left hand side you'll see Manhattan so it's an amazing view and an amazing uh, tick box event to uh, do on your trip to New York. Fabulous. That sounds great. Lots of different ways to get about there. So, John, what, what about when we get there? Where have you stayed? Do you have any recommendations for good accommodation? Yeah, I think I think if you're going to New York for the first time and, and it's that special uh, um, sort of first, maybe an anniversary or, or a birthday, it's always nice to stay in, in the hub of, of the tourist side of things in, in sort of um, Times Square. Um, everything goes on in around Times Square. Uh, slightly more expensive, the hotels there, but it, you're actually in the heart of everything. Um, I think if you're going to go, and you, most people I know go for two, three, four times, if you're staying um, in one of the other different boroughs, in particular across the East River um, in, in Queens or Brooklyn, some hotels have actually some amazing rooftop bars. So you've had a long day out and you just want to chill, you can go up and these rooftop bars and all of a sudden you've got the, the scenery of Manhattan there and all the lights of Manhattan. You can just uh, sort of do that. And obviously the other thing to do as well, you have to bear in mind that a lot of hotels south around uh, Wall Street are going to be busy Monday to Friday. So obviously they want the trade still coming in. So on a um, weekend date, they'll reduce their prices to get people to stay in the hotels as well. So if you wanted to stay away from Manhattan, and bear in mind that if you jump on the tube, you can be anywhere in 10, 20 minutes 
from a tourist point of view, it, it doesn't really matter where you stay in Manhattan. But obviously, if you want to stay in the hub, um, I think that's a good recommendation for a first-time visit. Great. No, fantastic recommendations there. And Lynn and Scott, do you have any recommendations for uh, where to stay, some great places to stay in in and around New York? So, yeah, so we've been quite a few times. And I th- agreeing with John, I would say if you're going for the first time, try and stay roundabout, sort of Times Square area, even down to um, towards like Macy's Empire State Building. Uh, we've stayed down that way the last few times and we've actually preferred the area it was nice the first few times I think on your first visit to be in Times Square you're just a block or two away uh, we stayed at the Westin we've stayed there a few times and we've managed to get a, sort of corner view room and you're looking down over Manhattan you're looking over towards um you know, the across the brook. Um, Statue of Liberty. The, uh, the first time we're down over the Statue of Liberty, you're looking over the Hudson. You can see the helicopters going up and down the island. So that that was a really cool hotel room. Um, we've stayed at the Peril, which was really good. It was up near um, a lot of the sort of Broadway, the theatre shows. Um, so that's a really good sort of area to be in. There was. Uh, an amazing bar that we have recommended to so many people called Lily's and Lily's is an old Victorian bar and it is just a fantastic little bar um really ornate big, the ceilings have all been painted and we eventually found one further downtown when we were there last September and they are they're gorgeous bars to go to um but certainly another couple of tales, as I say, were down Macy's Empire State Building Way. So you were a bit away from the hub, hub you know, hustle and bustle, hustle and bustle yeah, of Times Square. Um, but you were still just within short walking distance. We find the um, Bryant Park is a gorgeous little park just at the uh, New York Library. We were walking sort of up and down between the hotel and Times Square a few times last year, found a gorgeous little gin bar. It had like a swing seat and you just sat down and you were watching the world go past, sitting and enjoying having a drink in the evening. There was little fairy lights and it was just really, really pretty, wasn't it? It was really yeah. quite magical. Um, so, yeah, and I think, as John said, you can go over to the likes of Brooklyn. Um, we went up the Hoxton. They've got a gorgeous rooftop bar. Uh, as John says, overlooking the city, just seeing a different side of that altogether, um, which is really interesting. I think when you've you've been in Manhattan and you're looking back over it, it's just it's amazing to kind of see the size of it, and you're looking at this sort of iconic buildings. You can see that famous world famous skyline. It's, it's absolutely stunning. So yeah, no, I, I think there's definitely. So many different areas in New York that you could stay, depending on how many times you've been or what sort of experience you want. Because you could go down Greenwich or sort of right down into the south of Manhattan. There's some beautiful hotels down there as well, um, depending on on sort of what sites you want to see as well, or even stay up at Central Park. You know, up near all the museums, Natural History Museum, the Met. Um, you're up near the top of Fifth Avenue. So, yeah, it's it's such a, a, a massive city that there's so many different areas that you can recommend. And, you know, you can sort of be driven by budget or that experience that you're looking for. Is that a sort of, you know, people used to say to they wanted to stay up overlooking Central Park. So you can recommend sort of based on, on what 
sort of sites that people are, are wanting to experience while they're there. No, that's great. So you mentioned budget. So, I mean, to me, New York just sounds like I need a lot of money. Um, so can you do it on a budget, John, do you think? Um, I really, th- it depends what type of experience you're looking for, Jules. Yeah, I mean, it's like other big cities throughout the world um, but New York you, you can have a great time there's sort of some top restaurants you know if you want you can go along Fifth Avenue and if you want to do some shopping you've got all the designer shops there um, so you can obviously spend away till your heart's content um, but you know you could sort of have a pretzel from a street vendor you, you know can have a slice of pizza for $1.99 you could go in, in in some bars there's one of my favorite bars I always send people to this one and go go to this one it's a, a bar called Rudy's it's on uh, 9th and 44th uh, and outside of it you'll recognize it when you're there because they've got a big pink pig outside it and you go in and it looks in essence it looks like a dive bar and all all the the seats have got a red tape all over it and they, they have this, these pitchers, these buckets of beer for like $8. Now, you could go to the bar next door and you pay $8 for a pint. So, um, and you actually get a free hot dog with all your drinks as well. I mean, how amazing is that? Um, but it, it's sort of, sort of that dive bar feel. But there's so many, well, you know, people go there from if they're in the sort of starring at a comedy show, sort of the, uh, the rich and famous have also been known to frequent that particular bar so it's one of my favorite little bars that I was introduced to a couple of years ago and uh, I actually love it you know it's uh, tends to be sort of a sort of I never make sure when I go there I never make sure I'm staying too far away from that particular uh, bar so yeah there's uh, there's just basically New York is for all pockets really it really depends what you want from the experience when you're there that's good. They probably give you that hot dog to make sure that you uh, soak up the uh, eight beers that you've had. You can get plenty, home safe. Plenty of, must, plenty of mustard on it, so I'm sure, sure that'll encourage you to have another drink. <laughs> now, food. I don't. I wouldn't have said, as a non-person that has gone to New York, that food was really the main thing that you'd be going to New York for. Although I do really want to get a hot dog, like you said, John, from the street vendor. That would be super cool. Very New York. Um, but do you guys have any recommendations for restaurants or special things to try when you're out there? Any cool dishes, Liz? Yeah. So we've. Uh had some really nice meals um, in New York. And I think a couple um, of places we tend to recommend. One is um, there's a really gorgeous bar um, just at Rockefeller called Del Frisco's Grill. So it's a sort of more steakhouse uh, place. They do have a sort of Del Frisco's Eagle steakhouse which is a bit more upmarket but the grill we found it was more like sort of um people after work were going to the bar wasn't it's got you know nice sort of um pizzas uh sort of steaks and different sort of, i'm trying to think it was real american type food wasn't it it was lovely um another one is the olive garden right on Times square the portions are massive so what we always tell to people is share your dishes uh, so you maybe share a starter, you'll share a main because the portions are so huge, you'll end up taking away. Um, or what you find is you take it away and you maybe give it to a homeless person um, round about that sort of area because the portions are so massive. It's, it is such such a diverse kind of island. It's it's one of these places like like John was saying earlier. 
you know, it's suitable for every pocket. You, there's, there's some of the street foods that you get in New York is fantastic. You know, the little stalls selling the, the dogs and the pretzels, etc. I mean, then you've got all the way up to Michelin dining um, throughout Manhattan and, and, and the boroughs and everything in between. Uh, and, you know, and, and having sampled pretty much a good range of, of all those kind of different uh, types of food in New York, you can pretty much say you're you're never really going to be disappointed. It's not ever something we've had a bother with is, yeah. is finding some somewhere nice to eat in New York. You know, there's just so many good options. Although the last time we went, we did get a recommendation um, through Instagram of all places. Um, and it was basically, uh, it's called Thai Villa. Oh, and it was down yeah. around about yeah. 17th Street. And it's not huge, it's tiny, and you can't pre-book at weekends. You could only pre-book during the week. And this was, I think, a Friday night that we were like, right, we need to go and try maybe the only night. We don't have anything booked. And we went down and they basically said, oh, you'll need to go and wait. Um, and we were about to sort of go down to the Lily's Victorian bar that was just a few blocks down. And I'd literally walked out the door and the girl came running back out saying, how many of the house here? And I said, oh, there's only two. And she went, somebody's just cancelled. Come back in. They took us up the stairs. I mean, that this restaurant was unbelievable. Super cool. It was yeah. just stunningly beautiful. To say, if anybody looks up on Instagram, it is very Instagrammable. The gold leaves and just the decor is really beautiful. But on top of that, food was just spectacular, proper. Like some really good Thai food. Yeah. Proper, proper nice Thai food. It was, it was, yeah, that was really nice. I forgot all about that. that yeah. Was lovely. Okay. yeah I, I keep a note of things. So when any of our customers actually book New York, I send them a list of things to do in New York. So for our customers, that's something that we, we sort of provide is here's some restaurants, here's some bars, here's some, you know, ideas of things to do. Because there is so much because I think every time you go, you're doing something different, you're experiencing something different. And talking of food, one of the best tours that we have ever done is an Italian food tour. So you go down Little Italy, which is so small now because they said the sort of Chinese district seems to sort of take over and little Italy sort of gets smaller as Chinatown expands. Um, but they took you around to sort of all the oldest delis so you could try like homemade mozzarella and um, all your cured meats. They took you to the oldest pizzeria um, down right, in Lombardy Street. Yeah, you, you got to sample Frank Sinatra's favourite bread just out the oven and things like that. It's just a walking tour. It's like yeah. two or three hours long. It was absolutely brilliant. And the guide was fantastic. So he was telling you all about the district as well, talking through, you know, back when there was prohibition, how there used to be a tunnel under this building over to that building where they would sneak all their moonshine through. And, you know, it was just a really informative tour. Yeah. But the food that you got was like, yeah. oh, fantastic. But then interestingly, somebody shouted to us when they could see the, the tour going on saying, there's no such thing as the mafia. And the guy's face was like, <laughs> But yeah, it was an absolutely an amazing tour. So we certainly recommend anyone that is going to try and, try and get on that. Of all the years I've been going to New York, I, and every time I go, I always seem to find a, like a new favourite restaurant. But And uh, just sort of going through the ones I've been in, in my head now, I think one of the, the my favourite ones has actually been in, in Greenwich Village. It's a, a restaurant called One If By Land, Two If By Sea. It's uh, been voted one of the top five most romantic places to propose to in New York. Uh, basically, it's an old um, carriage house that was built in 1767, and it was so uh, named after the, the midnight run of Paul Revere to announce that the British are coming. 
you know, if what one land, one light by if they're coming by land, two if by sea. Um, and another one down in Greenwich Village I, I like to go to as well is they're called Cuba NYC. If you like a bit of spicy, bit of unusual food, that's a, a great place to go. And it's uh, in the heart of the the Greenwich Village Greenwich Village nightlife as well. So you can, and then when, when you're finished the meal, they'll actually make you uh, an authentic Cuban cigar as you're leaving. So that's one thing to enjoy. And then uh, right across the street from there, there's a Gotham Comedy Club. So you can have a, a great couple of hours in the restaurant and go across the road and uh, visit the comedy club. And um, finally, what from, for me, from a restaurant point of view, all this, I think, in New York, getting yourself ready for the, the day ahead, you need a good hearty breakfast. And there's one hotel, uh, sorry, one hotel called the, um, the New Yorker. And attached to that hotel is a TikTok diner. And if you've ever seen it, it's, it's like a, the old sort of 1940s, 1950s silver building. And you go in there, and I've been in there over the years, and it's the same. They obviously enjoy their work because it's the same faces you see all the time. They come to you, pour your coffee, and, you know, umpteen amount of a cup of coffee you can have. And it really is a, a hearty breakfast. And uh, as Lynn has got alluded to, you know, you, sometimes you just want to share one breakfast between two of you because they do give very generous portions. That's fantastic. So once you've stuffed your faces in these fantastic recommendations, um, we need to get going and see some of the amazing attractions in New York. Now, I feel like we could talk about this all day, um, but we're just going to do sort of um, highlights of a few. So if we start with the Empire State Building. Now, apparently, in my research, this gets hit by lightning 23 times a year, which is electric. Have you been, John? Yes, I have actually. Um, but I, I, it's very, although it's very iconic, uh, and you get some great views. I think one of the things that you need to take into consideration when you're going up the Empire State, and for that matter, the Rockefeller Center as well, is have a look at the weather forecast. Okay, because if you're going up there, um, you don't want to be going up there. You pay your twenty-five, your thirty-five dollars, and especially with the Empire State, great views but there's not a lot of room to, to move around in. So um, especially, you know, if there's only, if there's 20, 30, really, you put, you're pushing past people. So get, make sure the weather is great. Um, but if I was choosing one or the other, and if I was maybe only on a three night, four night stay, I'll go for the Rockefeller Center. A lot more um, room to, to look around. You can sort of see up, up to the Bronx. You can certainly have a cracking view in the summertime of Central Park and it's all its glory. Uh, you can see Brooklyn, you then can see um, New Jersey on the other side as well. And you can see the Eiffel, um, not the Eiffel Tower, the, um, sort of the, the, the bottom of the, uh, the Empire State Building. And so some cracking views down there, cracking views. Amazing views if you've got the Eiffel Tower in that. Uh, really yeah. <laughs> Wrong city. Well, I agree with John as well because it's that, it's that whole thing when you're up that high, you want, and I, you want that iconic view of the New York skyline. But if you go up the Empire State Building, you can't see the Empire State Building. Whereas when you've got the Rockefeller Center, you've got that view and you actually get to get the, the kind of iconic imagery more so from there than you would from up the, 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 Eiffel, the Eiffel Tower. That's you got me saying that now. <laughs> <laughs> the Empire God. State Building. <laughs> yeah, I think the Imagine good thing is Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> I think the good thing about Top of the Rocks because you've got three different levels 
Yes. So you can keep going up higher and higher. So as you say, you're not restricted to just one viewing platform like you are down at the Empire State Building. You do have the extra couple of floors that you can go up. And as John said, the, the views from the very top are, are unbelievable. We got a, a really great one of the Empire, uh, Central Park. Uh, the last time we went in the summer, the views were just, you know, clear blue skies, just really picturesque. So, no, definitely I would uh, agree with that if you were to pick one. Although, I must admit, with one World Trade Centre open, that's a really good one as well because you actually see a different perspective of the city altogether because you're right down lower Manhattan. So, you're seeing the Statue of Liberty for there. You're looking over at Ellis Island. You're looking over... Um, the view of all the boroughs. Yeah, exactly. There. So you're looking up the city rather than down the city that you would from sort of top of the rock and the Empire State Building. So definitely a, it's a good one. And, but what we find is when you're pre-booking it, that you can pre-book a date and time. So a lot of our providers, our suppliers, because it's a timed date and timed visit, you can plan that into your itinerary and we always say that to people I plan ahead before you go to maximize your time and we will help customers with planning their itinerary so they can understand what they want to see what they want to do and then we can recommend things like the new york explorer pass you can pick and choose out of about 50 different you know attractions so you can identify the sort of top ones that you want to do and you can pick from anything from about three attractions to 10 so it's a you know talking about a budget earlier it's a really good way to budget for what you want to do and you can plan ahead so if you're booking that at the same time as your holiday you're say paying up by direct debit it just makes it easier to plan ahead and sort of budget for for the trip lots of good tips there that's brilliant so, John, do you have a favourite attraction? I, I do, and it's one that sort of not tends to be on the sort of the, the top ten, if you like, and it's uh, the down on the sort of the lowest part of uh, Manhattan called the Tenement Museum. Now, that basically it, it's a it's a history of all the um, the different families when they when they sort of immigrated back in you know 150 200 years ago, and that's how they adapted to life uh, in New York. So you have different tours uh, organised by the charity organisation there, so you can see how. Uh, for example, German talk, um, German family came sort of to live down there and you'll see how they opened the bar downstairs underneath where they live. And then you'll see you could, another tour is going to see an Irish family and then you can see a Polish family. So that, that's great. And it helps to understand the, the diversity of people living in New York. And that's what makes New York so proud and, and so diverse. And the reason they love the city, because, you know, they've been there, obviously, for generations. And that is... Um, just off Delancey Street, I'd say it's in South Manhattan, and just around the corner from there is uh, a Cat's Deli. So if you have ever been to Cat's Deli, it's uh, made famous by what the film where Harry met Sally. Um, for obvious reasons, it's a family sort of um, podcast, so I can't go into the reasons why that was made famous. But yeah, it, it's uh, they have a pastrami and rice sandwich there. That is to absolutely die. It's for. okay, John. So. It's, it's okay, John. You can, you know, it's you can. Most most listeners are adults, so you can definitely say what happened in, in Harry Met Sally. I mean, I what what oh. did Sally do, John? I mean, can you well, for those well, who may well, not have seen the movie, John? What what was that? What was her experience? Well, I do believe her her experience was she was getting very excited, and they. I mean, various, can you can you can you do any sort of? Uh, 
examples of this? Well, I could, but, you know, having sort of a deep male voice, I might have to pass this one to Lynn, and then she'd probably pull it off better than I can. Over to you, Lynn. <laughs> so, so I've actually, I've, I've eaten there, and it's amazing. Yeah. And one thing, uh, I've, I've just been really enjoying uh, t- and taking notes of all the great places that you've you've mentioned, especially for food. And I love Cat's Diner for the food, but also for the triple-decker sandwiches, which are like a big New York thing. And, uh, you know, you definitely have to try a triple-decker sandwich. That could be your lunch and dinner. Um, there's, there's, they have lots of diners um, around around the city, but definitely at Cat's. Um, it is brilliant. And my favourite, well, one of my favourite areas of, of New York is uh, is like the, the Hudson Yards area. So they've got lots of cool little architecture there, but there's actually something very new that's opened up recently, which is the Edge. And we're talking about views, and that has a view of a panoramic view of the city, so it goes out. It's actually the largest um, uh, like walk out in the Western Hemisphere. So you walk out away from the building and you can look at a panoramic view across the whole city. So you get that the amazing view. So, again, that would be a brilliant one, as we mentioned, taking photos. An, an alternative to going to the top of the rock to take a photo, um, you'd actually be able to get the top of the rock and um, uh, one okay. Empire State Building. Uh, so I try not to say the Eiffel Tower like the rest of you. So, <laughs> and then I just completely forgot what it was. Um, but yeah, so that would be definitely a recommendation of like a new uh, attraction that people may not have uh, had the opportunity to experience so far. And there's some, it's just a great area in general. It's about Penn Station um, and some great restaurants down there. So it's very up and coming um but like like you guys mentioned with staying as well definitely there's lots of cool different areas of new york to stay these these areas uh yeah so that's my recommendation Lim? yeah i would agree matt uh, we went last september um and we climbed the vessel that's just quite new at hudson yards as well so we walked the whole high line um which starts down about 11th goes right up to about 35th now 36th and it ends at obviously hudson yards now so the vessel you can take the easy way up which is the lift or you can get your thighs burning and climb right to the top um, and that was really cool for to have different views you, you're not seeing the city but it was just a really cool sculpture to go up and sort of see out over the, the Hudson and over to sort of New Jersey and things they, they also get in there I think kind of Lynn just briefly mentioned walking the High Line to it the High Line is one of my favourite free things to do in the city especially as we've spoke about already you know a lot of New York involves eating and drinking so you have to get those calories off somehow so the high line basically is an old no longer used high level railway line it runs right up through the middle the heart of the city and it's a great way to get from a to b i think as lynn says it goes from about 12th up to like 38 39th up to hudson hudson yard and it's like it's basically a beautiful garden now i think it's like there's like 15 different ecosystems in it you know seasonal gardens there over a hundred thousand different species of plants, and they've, you know they've invited all sorts of different artists in to create different kind of sculptures and artwork, and you know, um, laying out the plant, the, the plants, you know, kind of like um, 
it's just really, really good. It's a good way to get, as I say, from A to B through the city, up away from the traffic. You know, it's just people there, surrounded by nature, wildlife, in the middle of Manhattan. It's something you don't expect to see. And there's actually an area of it now which has just got like little restaurants, kind of street foodie restaurants and, and a bar and things like that as well. So you can stop off. I think it's about a mile and a half long um, from, from start to finish, but really, really good way to see or to walk through the city. I agree with Scott. It's it's an amazing view uh, to walk up and down there to, to take, you know, you're about 15, 20 feet, 30 feet above ground level. And But what the fascinating point that I find is that, obviously with the lack of space in Manhattan, there's a fact that it was easy maybe for them to, to, to tear it down when it was, um, it, but what it was used for is uh, you go through the meatpacking district uh, around there around Chelsea and you'll see the railway lines there that are still in place. And what used to happen, they, 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 they used to pack the meats and, and send it to the different restaurants around Manhattan. And that's what the line was used for in, in sort of in the 20s and 30s and 40s. And rather than just sort of tear it all down, they thought, you know, 20, 30 years ago, we, we can do something with this. And they've made it, as, as Scott and Lynn said, uh, an amazing sort of walk and uh, some beautiful uh, horticultural and, and gardens to see and the odd little sort of speciality, speciality shop you can visit as well. Fantastic. Really like the High Line. No, definitely. And, and talking about the High Line, we'll, we'll move on to Broadway in, in a moment. But I just want to say, obviously, Manhattan is a, as an island does have the Hudson River going around. So a lot of people look at going out on a Hudson River tour. And my uh, experience of the full circle of the of the island, I were, in the winter, I definitely wouldn't recommend it. Do the half circle, which just takes in the main skyscraper area and you go around past Statue of Liberty and then you come back. But we did the whole circle. And once you got past sort of like Brooklyn Bridge and going a little bit further up, it just went into houses and countryside. Lovely views, but freezing cold in the winter. So I think in the summertime, you're an amazing time. You have some nice drinks on there, take it in in a good way to relax. But um, I do definitely recommend, again, for the photos, if you want to see that iconic skyline, just do half the circle so you don't go the full full island. But another way we found was there's a speedboat called the Beast that goes mm. from about the end of 42nd. And oh my God, it was amazing. Fantastic. It only lasts about half an hour, but they've got the pumping dance music and they just fly down the side of Manhattan and they speed up and, you know, they just really get you G'd up and going. But like that, you it takes you right down to the Statue of Liberty. So you get the views of Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island, up over Manhattan. So yeah, so that's probably if your time is tight, and you're there, it's quite seasonal, so it's maybe like May to September, October. Um, so really good you, fun, though. You would Great find fun. that in the winter, it's too cold. Um, but, it, yeah, that's a, probably an alternative way of doing it. Or your free Staten Island ferry, of course. But an, another way to enjoy the river, uh, and especially as we're talking about maybe when it's a little bit cold, is uh, so a lot of these um, options are available now to do a dinner cruise. So if you're inside and having a dinner cruise, you, you get there about half past six, seven o'clock and, and, and you start off on the Hudson side and dinner is probably about a two hour cruise and you're taking all the sights and then you, as you're having your meal, you can see all the, the skyline light up. And that's another way of doing it as well. You're sort of having a meal and you can have some gorgeous meals on these, uh, on these boats as well. And it's uh, a, another thing to do while you're there. Fantastic. Yeah, very, very insightful. And again, like you said, it's a great way, even in the winter, you'd be able to see the amazing views and enjoy some great dining out on the river. So it's a great recommendation there, John. And uh, Broadway, 
been a big spectacle uh, that it is. You know, the American version of the West Ends, some amazing musicals, um, and not just Broadway, but there is lots of shows, entertainment and nightlife across the whole of New York. And we obviously know that uh, we all, for listeners will know, I enjoy a good night out, but we obviously also know Lynn and Scott enjoy a very good night out, especially when they had a lot of nurses celebrating uh, Scott's birthday in Times yeah. Square. So what have been some of your recommendations? Obviously, we, we heard a few of them a little bit earlier, but have any of you seen a show on Broadway? Um, I've definitely enjoyed some great nights out at some of the away from the main area, uh, down in Chelsea and um, Lower East Side, some great little bars in there. Um, so we start off with Lynn and Scott. As as well, you know, Matthew, I'm a huge fan of musical theatre. Um, I think I've seen Wicked in total about seven times now. But obviously the best one was in, in New York. It was just a fantastic spectacle, you know. And I think like most Broadway shows over there, you know, they're, they're done, you know, to the highest degree, basically. You know, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an evening out, you know. You start off, go for a nice dinner and then go and enjoy the show. And it's just something magical. Whichever show it is, you go and see, they're all, they're all just outstanding. You know, you, you don't make it onto Broadway and last unless you are. Um uh, oh, interestingly, we went to see Jersey Boys a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and at the time, it was about to be removed from Broadway. Um, and it was only like a week before. Uh, I don't know anyone that's sort of listening that's a fan of Strictly Come Dancing. Shirley Ballas, her son, Mark Ballas, was Dancing with the Stars in the US version. And he actually played Frankie Valley. And he was Jersey really good Boys as well, actually. It was very good. He saw yeah. it and it was amazing. But I think the fact he was a real life Jersey boy, and they kept referring to that, the audience were really lapping it up. They were just having a great time. And I think that atmosphere in itself, because, you know, Frankie Valley songs are just mostly upbeat, really good songs. There's a for anyone that's not seen it, be prepared. There's a few tears in the middle. Um, but it's a very, very interesting storyline as well, which I was unaware of. But like that, it's a, sh- a show we've now seen, you know, in, in multiple different places, but by far, Broadway it, it, was. It's another thing, though, if that's something you want to make part of your trip, you know, book it well in advance. Book it before you go. Don't want to be wasting a day or half a day of your holiday, especially if you're only there for three or four days, you know, lining up, trying to get tickets here, there and everywhere. Like most things, most attractions, identify what you want to do before you go. Let us get it booked up before you go because, you know, you just, it gives you more time to enjoy the city while you're there. Yeah. I definitely concur with what Scott said then because uh, my wife and I, one of the first times when we went to New York, we, we, we didn't actually plan that. We, we knew we wanted to do a show and we knew that there was a, a, a ticket booth in, in Times Square. So we went to this ticket booth and um, basically we had to sort of choose what was on offer. Anyway, we were sold this um, this uh, play, if you like. So it wasn't a show, it was a play. But we were told we got great seats, only eight rows from the front. So we thought, well, that's a bit of a result. So anyway, we turned up at this little little playhouse and we got there and then we thought, is this it? So the guy was right. It was eight rows from the front, but it was also four rows from the back. <laughs> it, was a, it was a very intimate little show. Um, but yes, it really, the, the, as well as a sort of the, the sort of traditional sort of theatre blockbuster performances you can see in New York, you can actually go see some speciality shows as well. I remember once we were staying at the New Yorker 
and everybody came into the, the people coming into sort of the local bar with sort of U2 t-shirts on. I thought, is this some sort of U2 convention going on at the moment? And right across the street in Madison Square Garden, and bear in mind U2, one of my favorite bands, how I didn't know about this, I, I just, I've always regret, but they were playing literally across the street and I, I couldn't get a ticket for it. And uh, so that was uh, one of my failings, but uh, I was very fortunate. I'm a big Bruce Springsteen fan as well. So I managed to get a ticket to see Bruce Springsteen on Broadway when he played there a couple of years ago. And again, it was a very intimate theater. Um, Bruce did it for about a year and there's only 800 people per performance. It was, it was an amazing, really, really loved it. Um, one of my favorite trips to, to New York, that one. I think another um, good thing, certainly for any big sports fans, uh, depending on what time of year you go, you can obviously take in basketball uh, at the sort of probably earlier part of the year. The season normally finishes by April, sort of October to April. So end of the year, beginning of the year, um, you could take in a game through Madison Square Gardens. We had customers recently who had twin boys celebrating their 16th. They looked at going to Paris, believe it or not, for the NBA they were cheaper going to New York <laughs> and getting tickets for Madison Square Gardens. So we managed to get them that, and they had an absolute ball. You've got we went like, to the baseball last year. Yeah, oh, Yankees. The Yankees. Oh, it was fantastic. Really, really good. A great experience being in the stadium. You know, getting your hot dog and your beer and watching the ball game and getting really caught up in it all. Um, really good fun. Great night out actually. Yeah. And that's a great way to use the subway as well. We felt it was so quick. Um, we got home, got us back into Grand Central Station. So again, you although we had been and seen it before, it was a great way to sort of wander through the, the, sta the station at night as well. I've got to uh, concur with Scott and Lynn. I mean, um, New York is a big, passionate sports sports town. Um, Lynn mentioned the, the, the NBA. You've got two NBA teams there. You've got two NFL teams. You've got two MLB teams. And actually three hockey teams as well and two MLS teams. So, you know, whatever sport is your passion, you've got it. But, you know, Scott, I will fall out with you if you say you like the Yankees because my, my advice is I'm a big New York Mets fan and that's the other side. That's in Queens. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I say I've been to New York. Yankees and Jets over here, Yankees and Jets. Yeah, that's right. So, um, and, and talking of that, actually, and this is quite prominent, quite emotional, if you are planning to go to New York next year, September will be the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And as it works out, um, that the New York Mets are playing the New York Man Yankees on that day. So I am in the process of booking my tickets and I'm making sure that I'm going to go because it's not going to be, celebration's the wrong word, but it's going to be a very emotional weekend that weekend um, with the two you know, baseball teams playing each other. Um, so yeah, sort of, if, you, if sports your thing, you can find it definitely in New York. Yeah, actually, it's a, another good point as well. Something I'd always wanted to do every time we went to New York and just ran out of time, I never managed to do it. When we were there last year and went to the baseball game, I was so inspired. We ended up the next day heading down the Chelsea Piers and just going to a batting cage and having a hit myself. Yeah. And it was yeah. great fun and it was so cheap. It was like, you know, like yeah. three bucks got Couple you like dollars. 10 balls or something like that. So I'm, you know, give the guy $20, you get your little coin for the machine and you put your setting to whether you want it, you know, like slow, medium, fast, or like, you know, pitcher rate, that kind of thing. And you just sit there and just the machine smashes these balls at you and you just get taken a... <laughs> Um, have a have a play about it was great fun really really good fun it was something that you see in the movies you know the batting cages and you'd always like a go of that and you can go and 
and that's just one example, especially down Chelsea Piers, there's like, you know, all sorts of stuff going on there. Pretty much any sport you want to get involved in, you can go down and, and have a have a shot, basically. Really good. Totally agree. And then there's also obviously talking about um watching sports. Sometimes if you aren't able to get a ticket, or again, if if time is tight and you're trying to do lots of different bits, there's sports bars, which is I would say you can get some amazing atmospheres in so for instance you may not be able to get into the basketball but go and find a sports bar and watch the game in there and you'll have an amazing buzz they'll have some great deals on or on a sunday you've got nfl um, sunday football which starts like early afternoon in the east coast and it goes all the way through so again you can have a full experience of the american sport if you want to do that but a bit more social and and as uh lynn john and scott have all been saying you know new yorkers are very friendly so even if you're not too sure about it you could be there you ask uh, any other people within the bar and they will then probably take you under their wing and you'll have an amazing experience and it'll make your time there even even more memorable and I would definitely say, you know, I, I did mention like the Lower East Side for, you know, if you're looking for potentially some cool little bars and, and places to go and drink in. But there's so many, it's been like in London in a way, there's so many different areas you can go out. You've got Soho in uh, New York, you've got the Meatpacking District, you've got Greenwich Village. There's, you know, if you want a bit more commercialized, touristy, you go to Times Square. So there's so much to do. And then there's also the other areas of which you've sort of mentioned or touched on, which is like Brooklyn, Williamsburg, um, Coney Island, if you want to get out and see some of the like the old uh, amusement uh, rides and parks, which you see on a lot of uh, movies, or if anyone watches like Mr. Robot on Amazon or even Broadwalk Empire as the original um, Coney Islands. But there's so much to do there from an entertainment point of view and so much to explore. Um, have any of you ever explored any of the other areas and any recommendations to go out whilst you were there? Obviously, we've talked quite a bit about Manhattan itself, but do any of the other um, neighbourhoods? Yeah, um, a lot of people think New York is just Manhattan, but obviously it's five boroughs. You've got the Bronx, you've got Manhattan itself, Staten Island, um, Brooklyn, Brooklyn and Queens. So they're the main sort of um, sort of the five boroughs. And in fact, an interesting fact about Brooklyn is that if that was a city on its own, you're talking about the fourth biggest city in the United States. So there's plenty of to, to see in the area. But within those sort of areas, you've got a little sort of, well, I suppose, towns itself. One of my favorite little places in Queens is called Astoria. Now, that is, tends to be a, a Greek place. You can have some lovely Greek restaurants there, uh, some lovely small little parks that you can go see and uh, look across the East River again, looking at the skyline of Manhattan. Um, Matthew, you mentioned Coney Island. That's um, a great place to have a, a sort of a day out, You know, especially in the summer months. You, you've got the sort of beaches there and the broadwalk. You've got the old sort of little wooden rides that you can experience as well. Um, and sort of Battery Park, down south Battery Park, that's a, another place you can spend a day. You can get the um, the, the sort of free ferry to, to Staten Island. Um, and it's a good way of actually, if you wanted to take uh, the Statue of Liberty on without actually doing the stops, um, you can and get some good pictures without actually, you know, paying anything on, this, on the free Staten Island ferry. But uh, Ellis Island is another good place. Uh, again, it's where the, all the immigrants came in. Um, back in the day, you can sort of look at how they came in and that's a, a good stop and you can tie that in with actually with the Statue of Liberty. Um, yeah, some, some amazing places. What do you think, Lynn? 
Yeah, totally agree, John. Um, I must admit, we finally made it over to Brooklyn uh, last year. We were there in September and went to the Brooklyn Brewery. Um, Scott loves uh, a craft beer or two, so we had decided we were going to take the L train over in the subway, have a bit of a subway experience, which was super easy, super quick, as you said earlier. Got to the brewery and it was just such a funky, really cool place. You, um, They had a really really chilled out bar area before it you got to try you know little taster sessions then they took you on not a tour as such but it was a a tour of the brewery they explained it all so I think for anyone that likes um, beer craft beers just something a bit different that's definitely a a really cool way I think they do entertainment evenings and live music sometimes We, we missed out on that but it definitely was really something different as well we got it? we got really lucky as well there was a big food festival on in brooklyn that day that we just happened to stumble across in a park and it was basically just about a hundred different food trucks food stalls um and we were kind of wandered about and grabbed some lunch there which was great and then decided to we would just walk home um after we went to the the rooftop bar that i think lynn had spoken about a, bit, a little bit earlier on in, in the um the podcast at hoxton i think yeah. it was called um, so we went there and then we thought, right, we'll walk back into Manhattan since we got the train out um, just over the, the Brooklyn Bridge. But then just as you get to the Brooklyn Bridge, you've got the area known as Dumbo, which is, I think, stands for something like down, down under, under Manhattan Bridge. Something. something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a really cool area. There's like kind of really nice restaurants and bars and time out area. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all been kind of done yeah. in a really nice way. And then obviously up the stairs and, and just walk over the, the, the bridge back into Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a good day out, Brooklyn. It's, it's yeah. good fun because it's like, you know, it's not far, really quick on the on the underground or or just walk over the bridge. Um, but it's, it's yeah. good fun. Even at Dumbo, you, you might see on Instagram and things, people um, posting Jane's Carousel, it's called. And it's the big carousel that's in a glass box. Mm. And it sits just under the man, you know, Brooklyn Bridge. So some of the views that you get of that, the bridge, and then Lower Manhattan, you know, One World Trade Centre, the views are absolutely stunning. But there's like a park there as well. There's um, Brooklyn Park. So there was loads of people walking about, little um, little boardwalks. Uh, as Scott said, all the sort of food eateries um, down there. It was, it was a really nice area. So I would definitely go back and spend a bit more time over there because I can guarantee we'll be back. <laughs> Talking about it just makes me want to go back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can see the passion on on all three of your faces. Obviously, we're we're seeing each other, but I'm sure everyone listening can definitely hear the passion in all of your voices and how excited uh, you you get when you talk about New York. And just before we we sort of move on to the next bit, I just want to say if you are looking at you know you really want to get a bit more about the neighbourhoods, if you go to NYC Go, so nycgo.com, that's the official uh, website for for New York City. You can go by neighborhoods you can explore a bit more so you can get to see a lot of what we've talked about on on that website but again it's a great way of being able to see the neighborhoods and, and the different boroughs uh, that we've just sort of highlighted on there and um but talking about your obviously the passion and your what have been some of your favorite men- memories so john we'll start with you i know we've, we've already shared a few of them but you know what would what are your favorite memories and what would make you go back we know we don't have to twist your arm but others to go i i what well the comedy club i, I do like a good comedy club scene and um 
my wife said to me, I bet you don't mention this on the uh, on the episode. And I thought, well, should I mention it? But here we go. Um, I was at the Go- Gotham Club Comedy Club a couple of years ago. And um, we uh, we were in, in between sort of comedians. And we didn't know Chris Rock was coming on stage. So he made a guest appearance. And, of course, it was my time. I needed to go to the toilet. So I uh, went to the toilet. It came back. And I thought, oh, it started. And of course, uh, we were sitting two rows. I mean, it's only a small, maybe four or five rows, but we were second row from the front. And Chris Rock basically tore me apart. <laughs> nice, basically, nice. You could see, you come and hear me and listen to me. And basically, I just, I just was so. Where's that hole in the floor scenario? Um, uh, another sort of amazing experience I had in New York was going back five years ago. I mentioned that was a, a New York Mets fan. We. Uh, I went to the World Series, and that was the, the pinnacle of American sports, really, if you're a baseball fan, watching the World Series. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't win, but uh, being a New York Mets fan, we don't tend to win much. But, uh, yeah, those are two things that come to mind straight away as memorable experiences for me. Yeah, I think we've spoke about, obviously, a few memorable experiences. I say going at Christmas time and sort of feeling like you're on home alone. I think... Uh, a big one for us was um, I sadly lost my brother um, four years ago and one of the last family holidays we'd done with him was New York. He'd always wanted to go to New York. And what we did find out, um, that was before we joined travel, New York is an amazing friendly disabled city. Uh, by the time we had travelled, my brother was in a wheelchair and I had got in touch with a number of sort of um, various sort of contacts and points in New York. There's um, an actual sort of specific taxi company where you can pre-book taxis for wheelchairs. But what we found after that was with the yellow cabs, there's a lot of the you know wheelchair friendly ones, and you just look for basically the wheelchair sign on the front of the car. Um, so once we knew what to look for, that was really helpful. And they were everywhere as well, weren't they? It wasn't oh, like yes. a struggle we, to find we them. We didn't realise. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things we sort of pre-booked, we knew we wanted to go out to Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island. We hadn't done that before. The uh, we pre-booked the tickets, went down, and as soon as they saw the wheelchair, they were like, oh, star, star, come here. You know, they treated them like royalty. Uh, they were so lovely. We got them on the boat, and they were like, no, no, just you stay there. You'll be first on, you'll be first off. Um, so they were just so helpful, all the sort of boat staff. We got to the Statue of Liberty. They actually have sort of um old style lifts inside the the uh, statue but only up to what they call the plinth so that's a stone part but you can actually take the wheelchair up to that point and then there was sort of areas from there you could see out of the statue back to the island um but like that there was a few people sort of standing waiting on the lift because it you know there's a lot of stairs to to sort of go up inside the statue but as soon as again they saw the wheelchair the the people that were standing who looked table-bodied you know they weren't they actually took my brother to the front of the queue him and I went up in the lift together um even at the Empire State Building you know, as, as you said earlier, John, iconic building. Although we prefer Top of the Rock, my brother wanted to see it. So, you know, we, we took him up and we just found the city was really, as I say, disabled friendly. And I think if you, anyone listening who did want to go with family or friends that, you know, were worried about it, we certainly found they were amazing. Just 
do your research, find out maybe restaurants that are maybe wheelchair friendly. Olive Garden that I mentioned earlier, they had a lift inside the restaurant so that we were able to take them up onto the sort of go for dinner there because we'd spoke about it so much. So um, as I say, I, I think most people wouldn't think of it as a, you know, a, a sort of friendly city like that but certainly really accommodating wasn't it yeah, really accommodating was amazing yeah. um, we actually got in touch with a sort of society over there that even put some uh, disabled access sort of um facilities into the hotel they contacted the hotel for us we spoke to the hotel and they we ended up giving a donation to the charity because they wouldn't take any money for putting the, the disabled things in the room but it just made that trip so special because that was our last ever holiday with them and it was just what he always wanted to go and see and we got him down to the 9-11 memorial but he never told us that was the one thing he wanted to see but just getting down to the memorial and it's a very emotional thing anyway um but I think just as a family it was really emotional seeing him enjoying just seeing parts of the city that he never thought he would see so for us it was just a, a really magical holiday you know as much as we love New York, it was just amazing to see him enjoy the city as much as, as we do. No, I think that's uh, amazing what, what they do as a city. And as you said, uh, certain people are so friendly that they'll go out of their way to accommodate and make sure that everyone can enjoy their city that they're so passionate about. Yeah. And it's something that I've, that's probably my, my favourite memories is I, I went there with family, we went Christmas shopping, uh, got to see all the Christmas lights. Obviously, that was very nice. But I went back with some friends uh, on a on a little trip before uh, another friend's wedding, and it was all about just exploring the na- the different neighbourhoods and then going into the bars and just meeting the people. And you know, we we didn't really plan to, but we would just go and ask some of the local. Oh, what, you know, where's good to go this evening? Or where where would you recommend going to see? And then they you know they'll tell us where they're going or. They say, "Oh, you make sure you go and check this place out. It's amazing tonight. Whether it's live music or band, so it's just there's something always going on, and that's what I love about New York. Is every single night there's something going on. Every single day there's something going on somewhere within the neighbourhoods. You just have to either ask around or go to the nycgo.com and find out what's going on at that time. But that's my that's why I love uh, New York. It's it reminds it's just uh, I suppose it's a a smaller version for me, although it might be a little bigger. A smaller version for me than London." You know, it's it's all it's very walkable. It's so easy to get around, but it has all those different areas all all within um, walking distance. But I absolutely love it. Love the hustle and bustle. It's very it's very true. When Alicia Keys sang about uh, this line in the song of Empire State of Mind, there's there's really there's nothing you can't do in New York, and it's very much true. That you know, whatever you want to do, whatever is your thing, you you can find it in New York. So it, it, it's such an amazing city. I love it. It's one of my favorite places in the world. And uh, yeah, I'm going back there next year. And whoever I talk to, if they're looking for somewhere to go, it's one of the top places I recommend that they, they must do visits. Yeah, I won't sing it, but I know the line, John. It's a uh, concrete jungle where dreams where are made. Dreams are made of. That's it, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You're right. No, I totally agree. Uh, it's just one of those cities, as you say, John. You could, you know, there's something for everyone. You could go any time of year, no matter what you want, whatever your likes are. Um, you know, we are particular foodies. Uh, we still need to go back and do a, a Michelin dining experience. We went for my 40th 
um, a couple of years back and poor Scott had taken not well on the night we were due to eat in a three-star Michelin dining restaurant. So it's a good excuse to go back because I was just like, are you for real? <laughs> but I was obviously the sympathetic wife. I was like, absolutely, let's just get some, you know, soup as a, a room service or something really uh, sort of quiet occasion. But yeah. Do you know, it was not a bad city to be second. Yeah. If I'm honest, yeah. Uh, and and if, when I say sick, I'm, it probably resulted in from overindulgence the previous night. So yeah. I don't know, only got myself to blame. And, and I would say, if you have picked a nice hotel there are obviously so many places to stay as we said at the end of the day it's just a room but we did have a nice as I say view from the western and Times Square and one year it was self-indulgent that we had a hangover after the tonic bar karaoke party experience uh, so I think we spent to about two o'clock in the room that day eating um sort of room, room service and takeaway from the little deli downstairs. Um, but yeah, it, it's just an amazing city. Loads of memories, loads of new memories still to make, I'm sure. I think, you know, I agree with John when I say it's one of my favourite places in the world. And then I think Matt had mentioned earlier, it's there's just this, especially in Times Square, there's this electric vibe. And we're fortunate we've travelled a lot and been to a lot of places, but yeah, I've never, you know, it's never been recreated in any other city for me. I've seen lots of great places that I've loved but the vibe that you get from Times Square at a weekend, you know, in the evening is just something that you really have to experience. It's as it's like almost like an emotional experience as opposed to just something you can see and hear. It's something you that you almost feel and it's just a yeah, fantastic place. Everyone has to go at least once. Yeah. I think anybody that, that comes to us, you know, that knows we've been to New York, we've loved New York, even before we joined travel, people always knew us as oh Scott and Lynn have always been to New York. What's your top tip? So we've kind of found ourselves have fallen into that New York expertise area that we do a lot of New York City breaks. And the one tip that we always give our customers is be organized, you know. You don't need to have a sort of set itinerary for every day, time, point of the day, although I do because I like to be organised. But, you know, at least have an idea. And the best tip I think somebody ever gave us was plan your days. And when you plan them, plan them around an area. So, you know, as John mentioned earlier, down Battery Park, you know, do the 9-11 Memorial. You can do the 9-11 Museum. You can take the ferry over to the Staten Island or you can take a ferry over to Ellis Island and the Statue of Liberty itself. Just plan those days so that you maximise your time in the city because you don't want to be running, you know, from top to bottom all day, every day. I mean, it's only five miles, but you, a lot of the time if you're just walking that and exploring the area and enjoying it, and you don't want to waste any of that time because you just want to soak it all up. Yeah, Lynn, Lynn you're exactly right because I, I think the worst thing you can do when you're only there maybe for three or four nights and it is your first time, you create your bucket list and you suddenly realise, well, this is my priority and you go from the top end of the island to the bottom end of the island and you spend a lot of time travelling. So organise to a certain degree, organise a trip, what's on your bucket list, find out where they're going to go and if you've got two or three things on maybe South Manhattan, that's that's one day. If you want to go to the History Museum, you want to see the the John Lennon Memorial in Strawberry Fields in, in Central Park, 
that's another sort of thing you can tie together. But, you know, just make sure you sort of, in my opinion, don't do more than two big things in a day because otherwise you'll, you'll tire yourself out and you'll find yourself needing another holiday when you come back from New York. But, hey, that's another bad thing, not a bad thing, because you can plan to go again. Exactly. Oh, you guys, you been the best this episode i feel has been a massive myth buster for me um my only knowledge was really through the films but um i did not think new yorkers would be friendly and you've all said that they're massively friendly people um i didn't think you could do it on a budget and you guys have given some great tips as to how we can how you can do it on a budget and places to say things to do and um and i didn't think it would be for foodies either and you've all spoken about some great culinary experiences that you've all had so i just want to say a massive massive thank you to you guys for your time today it's been absolutely incredible and um, so thank you lynn and scott thank, thank you. you it's been a pleasure thank you john you're very much welcome thank you and thank you to you um matthew no problem jules and um if you have enjoyed what you have heard today on the podcast please um do give us a five star review and for more information and links to what we have talked about in today's episode head over to the travelpodcast.com where all links will be featured on this episode's page 